Guess what's back, ladies? Back again. Mm-hmm. Our social is back. Our Super Mama Social 2019. Tell a friend we are back. Our fourth annual Super Mama Social on May 11th, 2019 in downtown LA. Join us for a day of self-care, fun, food, shopping, activities, and plenty of surprises for the entire family. Get ready to be pampered, ladies. Meet and mingle with some of your most beloved members of our mom tribe and create long-lasting relationships with like-minded mamas from all walks of life. Get your tickets by clicking the Supermama social tab on supermamas.com. They're selling now fast. Así que pónganse las pilas, ladies. See you there! <laughs> Hola, I'm Paulina. Hi, I'm Bricia. And we're sisters, friends, daughters, wives, and business owners following our dreams, just striving to be a better version of ourselves every day. All right, and we're also moms. <laughs> Welcome, Welcome to, to the, the Super Mama Sisterhood. And I was jumping on the waves with Carista. And it was like, oh my God, this is the best ever. And we get in the car, we get home. She cries because I woke her up. Ah! I was like, I wish I didn't have any kids within like three hours. <laughs> she stopped me right there. She was like, Brisa, I want you to understand this. I seriously believe that our children choose us and we don't choose our children. Right. Your baby chose you to be his mom. Mm-hmm. He knew what kind of mom he wanted. And he chose you as his mom. Oh, that's right. Nice. We're all sisters here to inspire, support, and guide each other to dream bigger and to enjoy every moment of this extraordinary journey that is womanhood. Listas? Here we go. <laughs> Super Mamas! Hello. Hi, Super Mamas. Happy Tuesday. I hope everybody's having a better Tuesday than me right now. <laughs> or me or you what is going on <laughs> what is going on sickness all around all around i really thought i was gonna like not be part of this whole sickness wave and then i, I was. know i know and he's still sick until right now right mm, yep. <laughs> yep 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 well i'm not really sure what to do at this point it's just like they just have to rest yeah the thing about it is like when they rest what else is there to do besides sitting down and watching tv Nothing. like legit Mm-hmm. I mean, am I just, I mean, everyone's a mom, a bad mom, I guess, right? <laughs> or everyone's a great mom. <laughs> but am I lacking something? No. That, no. is there something I should be doing with him? I should should I be crafting with him when he's sick? He needs sick? to not be doing anything, pretty much, because like that's the way that they're going to heal better, right? apparently. And does that mean that all they're going to do all day is sit down and watch TV and you just have to sit with them and be at their beck and call on whatever they need to do. Well, that's what I was telling you that, you know, when Drinking I tea. was in the, when I was in the hospital, I was a patient because I literally, I'm an extension of her and you're an extension of him right now, whatever they need. That's what we need to give them. Mm-hmm. I mean, when you're sick, all you and want to do son, is, I don't know what is happening with him. <laughs> But Before. he is just not against, he's not about medicine right now. Oh, he was really good about he it. He was so great with medicine. Like, by the way, side note, I say like a lot. Me so too. forgive me. I'm going like, to try to change that. Like, forgive me. Like, I like for real. I'm from like LA. <laughs> um, but I am, 
I don't know what happened. He was really loving medicine last year when he got sick. And I mean, it has been a struggle to where this morning I, we actually had to put him down Mm -hmm. and cover his nose and force it down. And I felt so guilty because it brought back so many memories of mom doing that to me. <laughs> How do you give it to him with a spoon or with a syringe? No, with a syringe. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I know. Cuando? <laughs> well, do it like um. I mean, what I've been doing with the baby is like I do it like a little molotito with a sabana or a towel. I mean, sounds very bad, but like that's He's the way. Four. You, you still have. You still can do it. Like that's the only way that you're gonna be able to. I drive. know, right? Can you imagine my rice, my rye counterpart? <laughs> If I would, if I was still in Rye, imagine what they would tell me. I, I hear you. You don't. Well, how do how how do Rye parents give medicine to their well, children? Well, I think that the whole point about Rye is that if you stick with it <laughs> by the time they're four, that shouldn't happen. Oh uh-huh. well, but I, guess. I didn't stick with it. I guess I stopped at two years old and see what happened. See yeah. what happens when you don't stick to something. Anyway, you're right because so, it's it's repetitive. It's repetitive. Mm-hmm. Yesterday in the morning when we were in the hospital. Like the nurse would come in and she would just raise her hand, her little arm so they could take her temperature and like give them their little arm. Like it's like the more they do it, the more they know. Yeah. I mean, no threats worked. (laughs) No. Like zero threats worked. (laughs) And at this point, we have to actually follow up on those threats. Yep. Threats, not threats. Threats. Otherwise, he's not going to pay attention or believe me. So it's no television, no toys, no this. And he said, I don't care about no television. I don't care about not toys. I don't want to take this medicine. (laughs) And I feel bad because he's sick and he needs love. Yeah. So we give him love afterwards. (laughs) But we had this morning was so bad that we had to, we had to kind of adhere to the phase the wall. And let me know when you're ready. We're going to not talk to you until you're ready to take your medicine. It didn't work either. <laughs> he, stayed, he was just like, I'm going to stay here. Mm-hmm. That's what happens sometimes. <laughs> and then he goes, mommy, but I need a hug right now. <laughs> what, do you, what are you supposed to do in a situation where he needs to take his medicine and he doesn't want to take it? I don't know. Like force it down. Like you were saying. Force. It I mean, the, imagine the, we, today imagine was the first Krista. day. Today was Krista. the She's seven. Oh, she still gets the force down? Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. That, that girl, she's like, ew. You know, she's so picky. I had to find, I've had to find medicine that tastes like strawberry and orange and, and things like that. And she still, she still gives me a really hard time taking it. Uh, you know, I, I have to, I, I've had to like really go and look for things that really have a fruity flavor. A friend of mine told me today, well, Christine. Christine, who works with us, said, why don't you do suppositorios? Yeah, that's what they did at the hospital for the baby. So suppositorios. I think that's what I'm going to ask for. And but I that's think super that's invasive. What, that's worse. So I number one, I don't think my husband will be <laughs> no okay with that from his very macho Latino perspective. It's like nothing is going up that little man's ass. And imagine, bend over. <laughs> and like, let me stick this over. But I also remember that we used to get those Oh my God. It, so it was so, on, on Wednesday night, I ended up in the ER again. And the ER is so freaking rough. Mm. It's so freaking rough. And even on little babies, they kept t- taking her temperature anally. 
And I was like, why are you guys doing that? She's only 18 months. And she was like screaming bloody murder when they were doing that. And I was crying with her because imagine, and they put a suppository up her butt and it was so bad. So I, I don't think, I, I don't know. I don't know what's worse. I don't think he's going to like, if you, if you can't give it to him through his mouth, how are you going to bend them over so he can, you can put that in, inside of him? I know. And then he's going to remember that forever. Yeah. He's already going to remember that I'm, sticking medicine down his throat i don't want to do that again and we only did it once and i don't know what to do Injectalo. <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i i really don't know believe me i just spent four days in the hospital i don't even know what to tell you i have no idea <laughs> i don't even know i don't even know it was the worst four days not only everybody made me feel so well, a lot of people not everybody a lot of people made me feel so guilty because you were back Because huh? you were back yeah. in the air. Who's like, too many people? Like, what did they say? They would say things like, ahora que salga, ahora sí cuídala. Like if I didn't before. Or, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's because no la cuidaste bien. You didn't take care of her the way that you're supposed to. And like, is I'm that like, what you post? Is that what you posted? I asked the doctor if I could have done I asked the doctor better. twice. When I came in and yesterday when I <laughs> left, I said, tell me what when to do. When I saw do. your Instagram post, I said to myself, Yep, she feels guilty. I felt so guilty. I mean, you know, I'm back at the same thing. It, it was so bad. And so yesterday I asked a doctor and I said, tell me what I can do so I don't go back here. And he said, I don't know what to tell you. Like, there's nothing that I can tell you. So you have to live your life. And I was like, so many people made me feel guilty. And I started crying with the doctor. And he was like, I understand. I understand. And I feel so bad that family and friends do that to parents because that's the worst thing that you can do. He was like, there's nobody that has walked out of here. And I have said, don't leave your life. He was like, there's no one. And there's no studies out there that tell you like going outside or doing this and giving them a bath, like actually does harm for them. And I was like, can I record you so that I can post? Did you come to my show and tell everybody this? You know, because it's, I mean, I do feel bad. So now that she's back at home, I'm like, don't do this. You know, last time I was chill about it, but now I'm, I'm freaking out. I'm like, how is she breathing? Is she breathing correctly? You know, is she not breathing right? It, it's, it's a trauma. It traumatizes both the parent and the child because now I really do want to put her in a little bubble, you know, because she's so tiny, but that's what parenting is about. Guilt. Well, he's not talking about yesterday. We came home. He looked fine. My son looked great. In fact, he was laying down on the couch without his pants and without his underwear, playing with his penis all afternoon. <laughs> That's chill. And number one, I didn't know what to do other than be like, <laughs> okay, make sure your hands are clean. We can do that. And he said, okay. He went to wash his hands, came back, kept doing it, and asked me for a snack. <laughs> That's the life, man. And I said to myself, oh, okay. Was But your I, husband there? No, no, he was outside in the backyard with his friend um, having boys' time. <laughs> And my son was having boys' time alone in the couch. <laughs> And I was. Guess what I was doing while all this was happening? You were rearranging yep. your house. <laughs> I painted my house this weekend. You what? Oh, my God. <laughs> And got five new plants. Of course you did. <laughs> Can you come do that to my house one, <laughs> one, like, one weekend? So it was Sunday after church. I told my husband, I, can you please take me plant shopping? Because last week was a very, I had anxiety for two days last week, very heavily. 
which number one made me very empathetic with people who suffer from anxiety on the regular mm-hmm. because I cannot even believe like begin to imagine what that would be like having I couldn't even begin to imagine what that would be having that feeling yeah. every single day all the time mm-hmm. you know wow it's the worst so so bad mm-hmm. um, I work through it I feel so much better now buying plants helped That's I bought good. five last night before going to sleep I closed my eyes and all I saw was vines and greens and plants and I had and I put two new plants in my bedroom because my my bedroom didn't have any plants but plants but I have a few yeah, here yeah, yeah, but yeah. not plants and I had the best sleep and when I woke up I turned and I saw my new hanging arrangement which is beautiful <laughs> And I said to myself, yay, yay, I don't care if my son's sick, <laughs> life is great, look at the plant. <laughs> I know. That's, what I, that's, that's one of the reasons why on the mornings I go outside and I just like stare at the trees because it, it, plants give you a lot of peace. So anxiety sucks. Plants anxiety. are the plants answer. Help. So this week on the show... We have the incredible Elsa Marie Collins, who Joe showed up. What's up, girl? <laughs> um, she was raised on both sides of the border. So she's a Tijuanense, San Diego. Tijuanense, Tijuanense, Tijuanense. So she's a Tijuanense, San Diego, and Tijuana. Uh, she received her BA and master's from, hold on one second. Okay, guys, let me say this in a nice voice because <coughs> Stanford. Oh, wow. Wait, and she got a JD from. <coughs> Columbia Law. Oh my God. I mean, nada más. Nada más, así es. Algo light. She is the co-founder of Idea Tour, which is a social impact and political consulting group focusing on helping clients construct a strategy to address the issues they care about and then move the needle in the direction they want to see it shift. She works closely with groups like My Brother's Keeper, Voto Latino, and Harness, and she fights for equality in all spheres. She's a contributor writer to Lenny Letter and Parent Latina Magazine. Wow. She writes essays on race and parenting. She's also on the board of Alliance for Health Regeneration and an ambassador for the Good Plus Foundation. Oh my God. Wait, there's more. Que fancy. She also um, leads the LA organizer group for hashtag this is about humanity. Um, she does that along with her sister Yolanda. And Zoe Winkler, shout out to Zoe. She's amazing. I actually hosted a fundraiser dinner with her, um, which includes a speaker series, fundraising efforts, and specially curated trips to the border legion to learn more about family separation and border crisis. She is a mother of three multiracial children being wow. raised in a bilingual household. We need to talk to her about that. Um, Alessandra, 10. Valentina, eight, and Massimo, six. All incredible, Aww, beautiful names. Cute. Great I love names. the names. Good job. All right, let's take a break and come back with our interview with Elsa Marie Collins. We'll be right back. Welcome to the show, Elsa. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Where did you grow up? How did you get to be this? Yes. Amazing. Um, you know, how I... was your life? How was your your journey to today? My journey <laughs> Let's to, start from the beginning. To to this uh podcast today. Let's start. <laughs> okay. Um born in San Diego, uh first generation, youngest of five. Mm. Uh at the age of 4, my parents decided 
to move back to Mexico. They wanted us to have a cultural understanding of what being Mexican was for Mm -hmm. them. So they looked for a city that was close to the border and they picked Tijuana. So at the age of four, I moved to Tijuana, but I crossed the border every day to go to school Mm -hmm. for elementary school. So for me, my... You uh, leave in Tijuana and then go to school in San Diego? Yes. Oh my God, you would have to like wake up people. super early. Like, I never <laughs> knew if I was going to get to school at 6.30 in the morning or at 9.30 in the morning because I just had no idea what the border was going to be, you know? Um, but that those are like my earliest memories of growing up in Tijuana. Really, is just sitting in a and really long common, line. right? <laughs> yeah, that's super pr- common. That's super common. Very common. There's a lot so of like... Um, a lot of turnos, which is like carpools. Oh, yeah that we're going to schools in San Diego. Um, so did that for elementary school. And then we all had to, all my siblings had to go to school in Mexico for a while. So my mom in uh, sixth grade said, okay, now you got to go to school in Tijuana. And I'm like, what? <laughs> Secundaria. Oh my God. So I, <laughs> you know what though? I feel it's like so it's awesome. easier. It's easier secundaria in Mexico than middle school here in the U.S. I agree, but the problem was I also missed out on all grammar in the United States of America. So I (laughs) so I did secundaria junior high in Tijuana and I um you know it's one thing to be bilingual, it's another thing to be biliterate, go to school there, understand, you know, again, the culture. Mm -hmm. Um so I was, you know, ready to marry young and become a secretary. That's what happened in the (laughs) la secundaria. And then my mom, you know, um, even though she was very traditional said, you know, you, you need to go back to the school in the States because, you know, you have to, if you're going to go to college, although there was a stipulation, which was you can only go to college in San Diego because you have to live at home. Of course. Because we're super Mexican yep. and very Catholic and all these other things. So Don't I, leave me. <laughs> yeah. So we, I went back to school in the States, crossed the border for about a year, and then we finally moved to San Diego. Uh, and then I, you know, my mom said you can apply anywhere, but again, you're only going to go to school in San Diego. So I took that very literally. I applied to Stanford and I got in and then she's like, yeah, that's great. But you know, and at that point I had older siblings who basically said she has to go to Stanford. Yeah. Like <laughs> you can't say no to that mom. So that's kind of how I ended up uh, going smart. to. Yeah. Smart in so many ways. Number one, astute yes. and smart. <laughs> yes. You said to yourself, if there's any school <laughs> That my mom's gonna let me go in California. It has to be Stanford. Yeah. So that's where I'm gonna go. Yeah. But you know, it was kind of interesting because um just the way things conversations are happening around college right now and, and whatnot, there was probably not one day that went by when I was at Stanford that people wouldn't say, like, oh, you got into Stanford because you're Mexican. Uh-huh. And I'd be like, um no. I'm pretty sure it was like my four point one GPA, the fact <laughs> I graduated in three years and got a master's there. Like, I don't think it had anything to do with me being Mexican, but you know, you never know. But sure. But, but sure. sure. I'll take that. Whatever. <laughs> yeah. So then you moved to New York. Yeah. And then farther from San Diego. Farther from San Diego. Far. Yeah. You know, it was, um, my older sister at this point had been an attorney. And so I just didn't really know what I wanted to do yet. And so, I'm a really good student. So I said, obviously, (laughs) let's just apply to law school now. So uh, I ended up at Columbia three years there, which was amazing. Living in the city was so great. I spent a lot of time with my sister. It's probably one of the biggest reasons why I went there just to be with her. Can I ask you something about that? Um, 
when you said I was a big, a, a very good student, was it like, did your parents have anything to do with it or did you just like school? You know, my mom, again, for as traditional as she was, mm -hmm. she understood the value of education and how, um, it could open doors for you. And so she, um, she definitely was encouraging of us to be good students, but I think that I also had to be the one that was seeking out opportunities in terms mm -hmm. of like, okay, I should take some AP classes. I should get involved in school. I should, how do I study for the SAT? You know, I felt like a lot of those things, I was the one um, figuring it out, figuring it out. Exactly. Especially so. if your mom lived in Tijuana and you were going to San yeah. Diego. Yeah. So, but you know, I, I did, I did really like school. I don't know. I, I love to read and write. And that was just something that was sort of in me. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's kind of like when people like, like, stop. It's sort of when people like to paint or like to sing. Yeah. Or yeah. like, I don't know, law and numbers. <laughs> It's you could just, tell me, you could say, would you apply to another grad school program? Would you go? And I would be like, yeah. And I would just go do that. You know, if that was. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. So, that's amazing. That's amazing. Yeah. So then what drew you back to LA? And then I know you co-founded Baby Talk LA. Well, I want to learn more about that. Yeah. What, from San Diego to Tijuana to New York. No, wait. Stanford. So up north. And then out of all of those cities, what drew you back to LA? Was it a boy? What uh, What else draws all <laughs> of us? Oh, okay. So my husband, See, uh, <laughs> born and raised LA, met at Stanford, uh, now tw 21 years ago. Nice. Jeez. Um, and he, he was from LA. And at that moment, we got married after my second year of law school. And so at that time, he was, he wanted to be based in LA. And so I was like, yeah, we'll do it for a little bit. <laughs> and here I am. Uh, let's see. That was in 2005. So, so yeah, went, went back to LA uh, for a boy, for my husband and the mm -hmm. father of my children now. So it was worth it. Good decision, guys. Yeah. Uh, worth that for you. And I've been here ever since. So, yeah. So then tell us about Baby Talk LA. Let's talk about your, your professional career. Yeah. So I... Turns out I didn't want to be an attorney, everybody. Uh, but I don't regret going to law school because it taught me a lot of things about, you know, it just was one more thing that I had mm -hmm. within me Under with the belt. skills and, sure. and writing and 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 whatnot. Um, but I did not want to be an attorney. So um after I had my first child, you know, you enter into this parenting world, right? Mm -hmm. So you're you're Googling things. You're just, oh my gosh, you're all over the map. And how am I going to do this? And how am I going to do that? And in LA specifically, there are a lot of, you know, like mommy and me classes. Mm -hmm. And so of course I'm, I was doing like, you know, two or three of them at that time. Um, and I realized that a lot of people would always ask me questions about parenting and about raising kids. And, and so a friend of mine, another friend of mine, uh, Vanessa Carubian, had approached me and said, you know what? I want to start my own version of a parenting class here, mm -hmm. like a mommy and me. You know, you're the person who I'm always asking for advice. Like, come on board and do this with me. And so what we wanted to do was we wanted to incorporate the best of what we had seen out there. So there were some mommy and me's that were amazing because the information that you were getting was great, but there was no ability to participate. Mm -hmm. Some of the mommy and me's were great because 
they would just let the moms talk ad nauseum, but really weren't giving them any information. So we tried to do a hybrid, which is like, we had a curriculum that was based on your baby's age. We would talk about the issues that you needed to know. And then we would have sort of that opportunity for discussion. So I was leading uh, my own groups for a couple of years and it was amazing to be able to a create community. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, a, that's absolutely something that is in everything that I do, which yes. is yes. creating community and then B also help mothers understand that, um, they are the best barometer for what to do. Yes. And so to trust that inner voice, but giving them information that will help them trust that inner voice mm-hmm. to make them the best, most well-equipped uh, parents that they could be. Cause that was my goal. My goal was ju- I, you, if you can just maintain that kind of just, I've got this approach, everything is just going to be so much better. So yeah, I love that. I was a great period of my life. So I miss it. And then it. during this time, you, that was what you were doing full time. And then you moved into. Yeah. So what happened, the short version is I actually suffered a vocal injury from speaking for so long over so many, you know, people are bringing their kids in the room. So you have to, mm-hmm. if you're teaching multiple classes, it's, I had nodules on my vocal cords, which is kind of what like John Mayer had, but right. you know, I'm not a singer, <laughs> but it's a very common injury with singers. And so, uh, the ENT basically said, you cannot speak for a month. And by the way, this is after having three, I had literally had three children and I was like, I, I don't know if that's possible. And he, and she said, if you don't, you may have to have an operation on your what? vocal cords. Yeah. What? It was crazy. How did you wait? Hold on. Cause I'm worried for talking too much. So cause <laughs> that could happen to me. No, but okay. But this is a different scenario. So it, it, it no, relates to decibel level, um, the pitch of your voice. And, um, if you're giving it adequate rest. So what ended up happening was I was literally in an exercise class and a woman came up to me. She heard me speaking and she said, you know, I'm concerned about your voice. And I said, Oh, I'm, I'm just, I'm sick. I'm so stressed. I talk all the time and I haven't, she said, no, I'm an ENT. Like, please come see me. And I'm thinking this woman is like out of nowhere. (laughs) So I totally ignored her, saw her the next week in in the same spin class And she came up to me again and she said, no, I'm being really serious. So I go in to see her. She scopes my vocal cords and you can see, you could see the red and the nodules coming out on the cords. Yeah. So, um, she wasn't lying. So anyways, I was on a month (laughs) of vocal rest, a lot of clapping with my kids, a lot of writing down. Cause you can't whisper. Whispering is even worse for your voice. Oh, it's terrible. No mouthing. Um, (laughs) so Anyways, long story like short. Timberlake. Yes, exactly. So long story short, I basically had the opportunity to sit in silence and really think about where I was at. Oh and my so God. my husband wow. would love that. I just, it's to exactly me. what I was gonna say. My husband would love for me to it's just be worst. quiet for because him. no, he wouldn't love it because you know what you would realize? You do all the talking. Because that's what I realized <laughs> yeah. with my husband. I would be I would be texting him because I couldn't speak, being like, just tell me anything. Like, how was your day? Great. <laughs> What'd you do? Today? Nothing. I'm like, can, can you expand on that? Can we? I mean, it was it was texts. That's great. So be, there would be a lot of exclamation marks. He would be next my... to me in bed. And then the other thing is, you also a lot of exclamation, bold capital letters. All this. You time. also think that you can be somewhat social, but it gets really hard because you'll go to dinner and you'll be with a group of girlfriends, but you can't participate in the conversation. Mm-hmm. So I I stayed home a lot. I thought a lot about where I was in my life. Even while I was doing Baby Talk LA, I was always involved in politics and I worked on 
a couple of different campaigns. And so I realized it was an opportunity to pivot, which I think is, is a really important thing for people who are sort of around our age to understand, like, you don't have to just do the same mm-hmm. thing you've always been doing. Right. Yes. This was an opportunity for me to be like, okay, I'm, my kids are getting older. Um, and I love the parenting space, but I also love social impact and I love politics and I love getting involved. And so is there an opportunity to pivot and to do something else? So I, I pivoted and, um, did some, uh, social impact strategy for Univision mm. and for Fusion, which was great. And then, um, uh, worked on the 2016 campaign. Unfortunately, my candidate did not win. So, um, unfortunately <laughs> for a lot of us. Exactly. So I sort of went into a, um, into a, dark place in my <laughs> life where I realized like a lot of people, like a lot yes, of us <laughs> you, you were not alone <laughs> I was not alone where I realized okay what am I gonna what am I gonna do and what can I do and so I decided to start my own uh, social impact consulting company to a give myself the ability to choose my own clients b to give myself the ability to use my own moral compass for the projects that I wanted to work on that mm-hmm. agreed with where I felt this yeah. country should be going and, and, and how I wanted to use my time. Mm-hmm. And so that was in 2016, 2017. And here I am now. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I don't even know where to begin <laughs> with all of that. Um, so many things. So you have three kids. Yeah. You have you three s- girls. Two girls and a little principe. Massimo. Massimo. Te enseño mi novio. Yeah, wait, wait, wait. I'm sure he's way the prince. I can imagine. (laughs) I was just telling my sister how yesterday, oh my gosh, this is so cute. I mean, definitely, you guys are going to see all these pictures on our superamas.com. They are gorgeous. Yeah, he's Stop right now. He has a little dimple that I just want to like take a nap in. Oh, cute. My son has a dimple on his chin. Oh. The we dimples it, are just... We call it his treasure, and he already knows. Okay, let's go back. So you have three kids. You have... You started your your social impact, which is called... The Idea Tour. And how how did you how did you go from beginning to now? Because I feel like it's grown so much. Yes. In these past two and a half years, three yeah. years. And you've gone light speed ahead. I mean, I, I feel it is your calling. You work yeah. with your sister? I work with my sister. Okay, so... Let's unpack all that. Um, so, you know, it's, it's an amazing feeling to be like, I'm going out on my own. I'm starting my own consulting company. Watch me world. And then be like, wait, whoa, (laughs) like I need clients. I need projects. By yourself, like crickets around. (laughs) I know. One clap is from your husband. The first couple (laughs) months were interesting because, you know, I, what I was really trying to do was identify what I felt was what I had seen was missing in the last, couple of elections. And what I saw was that what happens is we all sort of are just chilling, right? In the interim, we're like, our lives are going, we're so busy, we're so busy. Mm-hmm. We're so, oh my God, there's a presidential election. Everybody get up. You got to get involved. I We know we need people to speak on the issues, to feel engaged, to endorse candidates, mm-hmm. to get out there and register, to get out there and vote. And then four years go by. And then we do this whole thing again. And so what I realized was it was very hard to have people feel engaged when there was nothing happening in between. So I work a lot in the, you know, sort of like with different like brands, but also influencers and and people of note. And so what I wanted to help them do was to connect the dots between 
We really need you to be engaged. And then let's see what you really care about and what's happening. Why are we not making the connection that what you really care about and being engaged actually matters? Because Mm -hmm. your why, your cause, the thing that makes you 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 and the things that you want to be involved in are affected by policy which are affected by the people who are in charge. And so that's where I was sort of coming from. So at the beginning a lot of my projects and still now to this day a lot of my projects center around voting and get out the vote um in general with Latinos um and um I do a lot of projects around specific issues like immigration um, like social justice issues. Um, so it just, it took a minute and, and, and there was definitely, uh, months where I was like, was this a good idea? You know, <laughs> should I like go in house somewhere? Cause it's hard to mm-hmm. be doing yeah. something on your yeah, own yeah. and you are constantly doubting yourself and thinking like, can I do this? Is this going to happen? And it's happening. And so, so that's my, uh, that's my official official, my, my passionate side gig is this is about humanity, which I do do with my sister and I do with Zoe. And that is, um, just me. That's what I, if I had hired myself to do a social impact project, this is what I would do. So except for I didn't, cause I just do it myself. <laughs> <laughs> how do you, how do you break your time between those two? I would call them businesses. Both of them. Yeah. I, identities. Sure. Per se. Yeah. How do you, how do you decide how much time to invest in each one? Because, you know, both of them need to move forward. Yeah, of course. I mean, it's really hard, right? So I'm trying to balance what are the projects that I want to be engaged in that are taking time away from this is about humanity, which I love Mm -hmm. and I feel very passionate about. So I've, uh, recommitted myself this year to understanding that no is a complete sentence. And that I should be using my no because it's going to allow for the things that I really care about to, to rise up in, in order of importance. Because up until now, you know, especially when you're starting something new, I mean, you'll say yes to a lot of things, right? Like it's in front of me. Yes. It's doing good. Yes. 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 It's doing this. Yes. So that is, has sort of been how I've been going for about two years. I'm Mm -hmm. just saying yes. And I'm making it work because everything matters and, and I can do it. And now I'm sitting back saying like, okay, I need to start to prioritize the things that I really care about and, um, and really focus on the projects that, that really call to me so that when I'm taking time away from this is about humanity, it's for something that's worthwhile. And when I'm doing this is about humanity, that, that everything is aligned. And then on top of that, you're a mother. I know. And then you have their kids and a husband and like a life. Mm-hmm. How do you, I, you know, it's, it's hard for a lot of us to, you know, everything's priority. You know, when somebody asks me, you know, right now my, my baby was sick and then they're like, but you're going to stay home, right? I'm like, but I have to work. But what's your priority? I'm like, everything's my priority. Sure. How do you, how do, how do you do it so that you can kind of like put it in order or, you know, how, how do you divide up your time between motherhood and all of your passions? You know, I think I, I try to not keep everything um, isolated, right? Mm-hmm. Everything in my life is interconnected. So for yes. example, my kids are very aware of the, of the projects that I work mm-hmm. on. They know exactly what I'm doing. They help me put, you know, the bags together when we're going on a border trip, they come with me to protest. They, um, mm-hmm. you know, they're super involved in what I'm doing. And in that way, I'm educating them by example on the That's things true. that matter. And so I never feel badly, for example, I just went to the border on Saturday and, you know, I had to leave at 
6.45 in the morning and mm-hmm. I wasn't back until just right before bedtime, essentially 7.30 PM. And they understand what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And so yes. I think that's really important, which is, um, including my kids in my journey. That's um, but there sure, are also sure. other things that, you know, for me, I'm, it sounds crazy, but I, I need to get my workout in, you know, mm-hmm. and that's something that is very high on my priority list because I, I cannot do anything else. Yeah. Those arms girl <laughs> I can't do anything else until <laughs> like, that is my yes. moment to sort mm-hmm. of, you know, get so into you actually my life. like working out. Oh my God. I love it. Oh, that's awesome. I, I love it. I do it, but I hate it. <laughs> like, what are you doing though? I mean, I do it. I do it. I spin. I have like a whole like workout routine. I have a trainer that helps me. But I do you don't it. Love any of it? I do it. I, I like it at the moment. Okay. I just don't like the. I don't like the actual waking up and when yeah. I'm done, I feel amazing and right. I feel super accomplished. Right. I just don't like getting up and going. <laughs> you know, for me, it's a lot of people. <laughs> I'm not like, that's true. That's I'm, true. I'm not. That's true. I'm not waking up. And jumping out of bed like, yeah, all right, my workout's coming, awesome. I'm more like, oh man. So and then I get up, and then when I'm doing it, I love learning. No, not learning. I love seeing what my body's capable of. I love seeing how much I'm progressing, and I, I love the feeling at the end. Yep. I just not. I'm not excited about it. Okay, so there are two things. A everyone else's version of I need a glass of wine is I just need a run. So that's oh. my, that's my version of a glass of wine. And Dang. then B, I wish that was my version of a that glass of wine. definitely not my, my version, version of a glass of wine is, oh, I need a Two bottle glasses of wine. <laughs> <laughs> no, mine is like, I just need to go sweat and just like go for a run right now. You know, that's, oh, and wow, then that's I so also healthy. have, um, a sense of, you know, some of the projects that I did required a lot of travel, especially around the midterm elections. Mm-hmm. And so I was getting up very early, going to sleep very late, going on a plane a day. And I would get up, you know, at sometimes at like four thirty-five in the morning to get the workout in. And I trust me, all I need is I don't need anything. Just give me a little square space and I can make it work. So I would, you know, work out in my hotel room, do whatever. And you know, then we'd go out along the day and people would be like, I just can't believe you worked out. And I just said, I just know how much better I'm going to feel at the end of the day when I can just go to bed knowing that I just got it in versus yeah, yeah. the whole day I'll be walking around with anxiety about, oh my gosh, I really just, I needed to get this energy out and I didn't do it. Right. So anyways, but in terms of priority um, and all the things, they're just all the things, you know, right? like right now I... Um, what did I, I came from like a meeting I'm chatting with you guys right now. Oh my gosh, my daughter Valentina needs her Invisalign appointment this afternoon. And, <laughs> uh, you know, and it takes a village, you know, yes. my mom helps me out a lot. My in-laws that are in LA help me out. So, yeah. uh, which was know. my next question. What sort of help do you have? I think a lot of the time there's a lot of shame, especially around our community Latinas. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of, I have not a lot of friends. I have some friends who cannot accept help. Yeah. And what I mean that is around the house. Mm-hmm. So we're very open about in this show about the help that my sister and I have on the regular, aside from my partner, my husband, and someone that helps me with cleaning, someone that helps me now with my dog, someone that helps me sometimes pick up my son from school. Sure. And I think a lot of women are not open enough about that that make other women feel that they are somehow failing because they're not making it work. Yeah. And I tell them, it's not that you're not making it work. It's that you need someone to help you, girl. Sure. Because 
you think I'm all doing this just me? You think I'm picking up every day? You think mm-hmm. I'm dropping off every day? You think I'm coming home and cleaning toilets and washing all the clothes and cooking for my husband and walking my dog and running two businesses? I'm not. Yeah. I have a lot of people around me. Yeah. So what kind of help do you have? I mean, all the help I can get. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it's, it's interesting. Um, my in-laws are amazing and they've been really, really, really helpful. I think I went into motherhood wanting to do everything like myself. all of us yeah, like i want to nurse you formula's the devil yes. i'm gonna be the best we're gonna talk all the time mm-hmm. you're gonna learn french and play the violin you're gonna be one you're gonna be a prodigy yes um and then i quickly realized yeah i i want to work out <laughs> i need to work i want to see my friends i want to just have a moment to myself yeah. um and so I gave myself permission and anybody who's listening, I give you permission (laughs) to accept help and ask for help and not be ashamed about it. And so my in-laws, when I need something, they'll, they're helping me. My mother, who's, um, who I talked about earlier and wanted me to stay home in college and whatever. And then I ended up marrying a black guy and that was like, whoa. But anyways, um, she lives <laughs> well, with so me we'll now. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. <laughs> she lives with me. Oh, awesome. So that's incredible. And, um, she's very, very helpful, but I understand what she's good at. Right. So she's good at just being in the house mm-hmm. yeah. and that's great. And I need that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have a nanny who helps me, uh, mostly in the afternoon because that's when it gets like, once I drop my kids off, there's, there's a lot of, they go to the same school. Thank God they're at that age, but come afternoon time, three kids, different activities. I mean, I've got, I've got my son in chess today, a daughter who needs to go home, come home and my daughter who has an orthodontist appointment. That's yeah. like three completely separate things mm-hmm. that are happening. Yeah that I need to figure out. Um, so I, and, and yes, you're right. Like I have someone who helps, you know, clean around the house because Lord knows I'd rather, uh, not that I would rather, but for me, as I'm prioritizing things I want to do, like I want to spend time with my kids or I'm working Mm -hmm. or I'm doing whatever. So I need to figure out how that's going to get done. Yeah. Yeah. So moms, I I always like to think of us as organizers as opposed to be, do, being the person doing the job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We coordinate so many things. Such a good delegation. So much. But so you cannot coordinate yourself. Yeah. Yes. And I, that's what I want to get across to moms. And that's why I love having moms like you on the show that really speak truth. Because so many, again, so many moms go out there and speak about all these wonderful things they do without talking about all the help mm-hmm. they get. Oh my gosh, so much help. I think we have to learn to shut out the voices from yeah. the outside, right? The people that are just questioning you. And sometimes they don't do it out of malice, but you start questioning yourself sometimes. Yeah. Like I, I really sometimes I'm, I feel guilty and I, and I want to do everything myself. And yeah. I'm like, I can't. I just really can't. And I feel like I, I really need to put time. I really need to put more time on myself mm-hmm. so that I can be able to delegate and not feel guilty. And I think because I don't put enough time on myself, I carry all the guilt around sure. and then I, it just trickles down to my house, my life, everything. You know. I mean, I think my best advice in this situation is choose one or two things that are most important to you mm-hmm. about sort of your day as a mother. Right. And, and, and think about those being the priority instead of the 27 things. Like for me, the most important, important, important things I can do are drop my kids off at school and sing them their goodnight song. Yes. And if there's nothing else that happens in between that day, I still feel a sense of accomplishment because the two things that I decided were important to me and to them have been done. Now that that. doesn't happen all the time. Mm -hmm. So like, let's be real about that. But 
I think instead of being like, oh my God, I need to drop them off at school. And then I need to take them to all the appointments and I need to take them to all the activities. And then I need to like give them a bath and I need to do all these things. It's like, I can't do all that. And I know that. So I say, drop off at school, their song at night. If I get those things done 80% of the time in a week, I'm good. I love Plus, that. I love the fact that you said that you include them in everything you do because you're right. They know. Yeah, they, they know, know that what you're doing and they know they already got that idea. And, you know, my kids are like, oh, you have to go super mamas. Is it super mamas? Is yeah. it the restaurant? Is it the-? like they already know? Yeah. And they're part of that life. And I think that's why when I create, when we created super mamas and when it came to me, it was about that. It was yeah. about bringing my kids more into my life. Sure. And it's been incredible. And I think that helps me a lot. I yeah. always keep with my friends. And then on top of all of that, I feel good. I go home. <laughs> and take care of my man. Yeah. And take care. Yes. So in many different ways. Yes. <laughs> so you're married yeah. to a wonderful man. Yes. Who is not of our race. Yeah. And you just mentioned yep. what that was with your mom. <laughs> But you have your an article uh, on how to talk to your kids about race. Yeah. And you um where you talk about your daughter's first experience with the notion of race. Yeah. Um, and it's a beautiful article where you and your husband pretty much describe your situations yeah. i would say is mm-hmm. there situations your experiences your life, sure. your life? um t- can you tell us a little bit more about the experience article and maybe yeah. discuss that your mother's journey? yes <laughs> um okay so you know when when my mom allowed me to go to stanford <laughs> um i think she was under the impression that i would go to school and marry a mexicano obviously who was waiting for me in tijuana that did not happen <laughs> we we probably lasted three weeks with me in college where i was like i don't know if this is going to work out <laughs> and so um within the next month i had met my husband who's african-american and um back in the late 90s which is when i was in college um We didn't have digital phones. We used to have um, uh, disposable cameras, if anybody knows what that is still. Yes. So you would take pictures on your disposable camera. You would take them to CVS or Long's. Yes. They would develop them and they'd put them in this cute little like plastic little <laughs> <Envelope>. album. So <laughs> I remember yeah. coming home my first trip uh, from college and my mom was looking at one of my little albums and there was a picture of me and my husband, Jaren. And then boyfriend. And then boyfriend. And mom was like, ¿Quién es él? And I'm like, oh my God. I'm like, es un amigo. And she's like, And I'm like, oh my God. So I was already feeling like, you know, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? Anyways, long story short, I ended up marrying uh, my husband who is not only black, but he's also 6'11". So he's not like an auspicious black person. He's a very tall man. My mom loves him now. I just need to say that, everybody. We love him. <laughs> she loves him. But at the time, it was kind of traumatic. I mean, she had come to this country in her early 20s. She had never seen a black person before, yeah. you know? And so, and I think that that's something that, um, anyways, I needed also to learn about what his experience was growing up as a black man in America, mm-hmm. which is completely uh, different from mm-hmm. anything that I had ever seen in my life. You know, when we would <laughs> go to restaurants, I remember when we first started dating, we would sit down, I would open up the menu And he would look around, he'd be like, there are two black people here. And I'd be like, I haven't even look at what I'm ordering. Like, well, <laughs> how, how, how did that already happen? You know, because he's, he was hype, mm-hmm. always very aware. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just learning each other and learning of our experiences. Um, and then once we started having kids, uh, you know, uh, we have half Mexican, half Which are black. like the most beautiful combination. So cute. <laughs> um, and so my husband was always very, he would always pressure me all the time about, you know, like, so when are we going to talk to the kids about being black? And I'd be like, <laughs> they're 
two. Like, I don't, <laughs> what? You know? And so, but he growing up here understood mm-hmm. that like, wow. he heard the N word at a very young age and he didn't want his kids to be unprepared. And, and so we would have this conversation, you know, as our kids were, were growing up and, and I would always sort of give him a little bit of pushback on when I felt like the right time was. And so, um, after the 2016 election, I remember my daughter came home maybe like a week later from school. At the time, she was six. And she said to me, Mommy, she said, um, in Spanish, because we speak Spanish at home, but she said to me, you know, I, someone at school today asked me when I was going to go on the other side of the wall. Like, what What, do you, what were they talking about? And I was like, mm. oh, my God. I mean, my mind was blown, you know? Oh my God. I had this, like, moment of just – I clearly have no issues talking, but I was, had no words at that time. I was like, you know, I called my husband. I'm like, can you believe? He's like, like I told you we should do this. Like, like, right? He's like, uh-huh. So you ready to have that talk now? And so, um, so it was interesting because I always thought that, that maybe the first experience of something like that would have been because they were black, but instead it was because they were Mexican. So, um, you know, so we had a conversation with our kids about that and they're very aware. I, but you know, for me, it's also important not just to show them, but you know, we go to the Holocaust museum in LA, we go Mm -hmm. learn about other people's experiences. Um, so, cause what I want them to know is that I'm expecting them to be the people who stand up and say, this isn't right to, uh, know what bullying is and identify it and, and be able to speak out against it. Um, and so that's really important to me. That's so it incredible. Is. And it's scary because I feel like bullying starts younger and younger sure. and younger. 100%. You know, um, we were talking about secundaria and I felt like when we were in school, it was around the time that you would start getting bullied. But yeah. now, you know, my, say my, my, my kid, the first time she got bullied, she was four and a half, almost five years old and I cried. And it was about her mustache, you know, but, Aww. you know, now she embraces it. But I just realized how we have to start having those tough, quote unquote, conversations earlier and earlier. And sometimes it's scary, right? Like, yeah. h- how did you go about talking to your kid? Like, what, what did you like write it down in a paper? Like sometimes, <laughs> you know why? But let me tell you, because the other day we were talking about my, my kids and I were talking and she asked me. I don't know how it came up. And I said, well, can you imagine that at some point you didn't exist? Yeah. And then daddy and mommy made you. And then, you know, now you're here. And she said, how did you make me? Yeah. And then, you know, I'm always saying like, I'm going to talk to them about sex and I'm going to be so open. But when it came down to it, I was like, let me talk to daddy about it. (laughs) And then we'll get back to you, you know? And then... (laughs) And then she was like, okay. okay. I mean, I mean, <laughs> but I, you know, when it came, when it like really came right. down to it, yeah. like well, in I, your head, in my head, it was going to be this very organic conversation. And then my four year old's there too. And she's just looking at me like, yeah, tell me. And yeah. then I've seen my four year old have like play, play, play. What do you call it? Imaginary to play. Yeah. Oh, and they kiss and their boyfriend. I don't even know where she gets this from. Yeah. You know, they're very different beings. So I was like, hmm. Let's let's just skip this part and right. go to the next one and then we'll discuss this later. <laughs> you know, I think, well, my husband and I had very different ideas about how to have this conversation with our kids mm-hmm. where I'm pretty sure my husband wanted to play like some totally inappropriate <laughs> video with, you know, all these horrible things being said. And so I was many like, things ah, are going straight on Compton. Yeah, I, I don't even know. But I was like, I think blackish. That that's, so what I, I so I again, as I said, it, it's a village in my home. Mm-hmm. So I talked to my mother-in-law. And I said, you know, because we speak Spanish in the home, um, I feel that their identity as Mexicans is very well established. 
They right. understand they're Latinos. There's the language connection there. They're in a dual immersion school where they speak Spanish all the time. And I wanted to make sure that, you know, the other half, you know, the African-American half was being respected and nurtured. And they also understood what it meant to be black. So first I... Uh, enlisted my mother-in-law and her mother, who had been alive at the time, to really talk to the kids about what it was like to have her, um, you know, their great-grandmother grow up in the South and what it was like when Grammy, their grandmother, moved to the Bay Area and what kind of discrimination they faced. So a lot of it I was focusing on having the help of oral stories from my husband's side of the family. Um, and then I think it's hard sometimes for kids to understand a story when you want them to be the central character. Right. Um, so as I said, like I would take them to the Holocaust Museum and I would talk to them about, you know, other kids having these, I mean, very horrific situations, but saying like, this is a form of bullying in the extreme, but it right. starts like mm -hmm, this. Mm -hmm, yes. And mm -hmm. then... Helping, it's the seed. It's exactly. The seed. And helping them understand how to put themselves in the position of other people. Right. So, you know, it was interesting. I was, I was in a conversation the other day at South by Southwest. I was on a panel and someone was saying to me, well, you know, my kids went to the Waldorf school and at the Waldorf school, you know, you don't introduce these super advanced topics like family separation. Cause I was saying my kids know that families are right. separated at Mine the border. Too. They understand yeah. what that means. I want them to know what that feels like so they can understand that it's wrong. And so he was counter arguing by saying, you know, the Waldorf school of thought said that, you know, that you shouldn't introduce any of these things until they're like, I don't even know what age, like 12 or I, I don't know what he was saying. And I was basically like, are your grandkids white? <laughs> yes yeah. or no. Okay. Great. So it's kind <laughs> yeah. of a different yes, set of rules yes, that yes, apply. Yes, and like, yes. I would love for, sure. for them to just like learn from fairy tales that like there are bad people, but you know, I mean, yeah, there's no. also real life here yeah. and, and, and I'm, and that's the problem. Yeah. And that's where the problem begins. Yeah. But there's a whole different podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's it. That's it. That's re I mean, that's, that's really amazing. And I think that I think so many things, but Number one, I don't know how you speak Spanish at home. Does your husband speak Spanish? Mm -mm. Wow. How do you I do commend that? you. I, <laughs> I commend you. I have never spoken a word of English to any of my three kids in their entire existence. Really? I commend you. Wow. That's you, but crazy. they hear you speaking English to their dad. So somebody else, yes. To them, no. They want to talk to me. They want me to talk to them. Or they're talking to each other in oh, Espanol. Since the beginning since of their from life. day one. Wow. From day one. Wow, that's crazy. Because I was seeing how easy it is for even with both parents speaking Spanish, how easy it is and how comfortable it is for kids to just speak in English. And mm -hmm. I understand that. Um, I feel that sometimes, and it's not like I want to be speaking in Spanish hundred percent of my time with them, but I force myself to do it right. because I see how easy it is to sort of let that go. And then, um, you know, and so I was committed to doing it from the beginning. And I got a lot of pushback by the way, from, from a lot of people in the family who were like, just let them learn English first. I'm like, they're going to learn English. I, I'm no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, and people will look at me interesting ways because I'm speaking to them in Spanish uh, at the airport, on an airplane, in the mm -hmm. supermarket, like in our everyday lives, it's, it's Spanish at home. And the three of them speak great Spanish, I'm yeah. assuming. Oh, that's, and I they're going to bilingual schools, you said, right? Yeah, they're so they to go to a dual immersion school. So oh, they're Can I ask Spanish. you a question? I mean, you know, 
you are um you, your kids are mixed sometimes me my kid comes and she says my my friend the one with the peach skin yeah and my friend with the chocolate skin mm. and then sometimes i don't know if i should correct them she if like i should what would you correct them to i mean i don't know i mean i don't know i don't know if i, I feel sometimes we we're not as educated as like how how to go about that is yeah. that is that is that a, is that a good way for them to to refer to other to their well, friends. Well, I mean, you know, I, I sometimes it's hard, right? It's hard to navigate. You know, I'm 100% Mexican. My husband's 100% Mexican. Right. We call, you know, we're, you know, they, we come, they have come and compare their skin with ours. Sure. And between them, they're, you know, Sixta is like more peach and I'm more cinnamon and I'm more this. So I don't know if it's a very naive way of letting them express themselves and, uh -huh. say, and saying that, no, that's not peach. Let's just call it. Let's just call it as, you know, no, I, mean? I love that. I mean, I think kids are, are describing what they see in the most true way. Right. Um, okay. and so I, I would always tell my daughter, like, oh, I just love your like mocha skin. We're, we're all about coffee. Mm -hmm. She's yeah. like, oh, okay. Gino, a mocha, you know, a latte or fruit. <laughs> Masi's like, oh, definitely a latte. <laughs> um, and so, but I think that that is a great opening to a conversation about, For example, people with darker skin, like Moreno, like super Morena. I mean, like, you know, oh, that kid. Yeah, he's black. His dad's black, you know, mm -hmm. and do you, have you seen his dad before? And helping them understand that there are people in their lives from different races right. and that and pointing that out to them, because I think there's a a, a, a misconception that. Oh, we're just not, not going to talk about race, right? Right. right? Mm -hmm. Like we're colorblind, but the problem yeah. with that is this world is not colorblind. Right. This yeah. world is designed mm -hmm. with systemic racism yeah. in it. When the television and the way you read your mm -hmm. news and the way that the internet is designed in every yeah. single thing that you do in your life. So if you aren't going to be talking about it, someone else is going to be informing your kids about how they should think about things, the language they should use, what is allowed to be said. So I always tell people that's, you can't do that. We're not raising kids colorblind in this world. Right. Kids see things and we should acknowledge it and we should make, make it in a way that's understandable to them, right? Like, you know, our pediatrician is, is Asian American and like we talk about that mm -hmm. and, and daddy's black and mommy's Mexican and you know, this person's white and, and, and that's okay to be saying that because they need to know that there are people of different races and all of that is all good. Good. You I know, love that love yeah. beautiful. Love that. Last question. Uh, what is the one thing you said you would never do as a mom and now you do? Oh my gosh. <laughs> Make oh, a list. I so have it. I, I do have a list, but, but I have one. But here's the, but here's the thing, but that, that you're doing now, yes. but like that you love doing it. That you oh no, no, I, it's the best thing ever. Okay, and I me. hated it as a kid. So being the youngest of five kids, so much stuff went down in my house. Uh -huh. Like all the time, you know, my brother would make me clean up the dog's poop. He would hit me. He would do all these things. And I would run to my mom and be like, mama. And I would just tell her all this horrible things happening. And my mom would be like, pues yo no lo vi. And I'd be like, but I'm telling you, this is what happened. Like, what? you know, so I grew up all the time just feeling like, my God, my mom is just saying she never saw it. And how can she make a, a judgment or, or, or punish somebody on something she never saw? Right. And so, that is a great oh my answer. God, if that's not my favorite thing to do right that now. That is a kids, great which is answer. Pues yo no lo vi. Yo no puedo castigarte. Like, I cannot punish your sister based on a fight that you guys had that I didn't see. That is a great so, answer. In my perspective, it helps the siblings work it out. <laughs> oh my God. But also if I were to, 
um, you know, to punish someone based on one of the kid's word, am I then sort of saying like, well, I believe this kid more than I believe this kid. So what I say is like, well, I don't see it. So I can't make a judgment on it. So you guys need to work it out and let me know like what the agreement you came upon is. But you I have, remember hating it. You have actually changed my life <laughs> right now because honestly, that's, that happens all day long. Yeah. You know, I'm driving, mm -hmm. I'm at home, they wake up and they come like every other second screaming that somebody did something. Sure. You've saved my life. I'm, I'm so gonna do that, that for real. <laughs> Let's take a break and come back for the Tuberoma Pick or Tip for the Hey, Tuberomas, Paulina and Brisa here. We just want to remind you to rate and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, follow us on Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also, have you seen us rocking our Super Mama swag? Well, we want you to join in. Use promo code SMPODCAST at checkout on supermamas.com slash swag for 15% off your next order. Again, that's code SMPODCAST on supermamas.com slash swag for 15% off. Okay, now back to the show. I know everyone right now has a mom crush on you. So before, I do. before we move forward, can you let everyone know what your Instagram, how can they get in contact with you? How can they stalk you? I feel like you should have your own podcast, by the way. Oh my gosh. I will come back anytime and talk on your yeah. podcast because that's probably <laughs> one thing I don't have time for. And I acknowledge my limitations, but I'm happy to come back and talk about anything. Um, so if you're interested in learning more about the trips we do to the border, the Instagram is at this is about humanity. Um, we are doing different trips, educational trips, community service do you trips. Have children's trip? Like, do you take kids? We don't take kids. Okay. But I am, if you're interested, we are looking to do a family carnival with, um, the families that have been reunited oh. and are based in the LA surrounding areas and having families who are interested in having their kids participate. Because that is something that people have reached out to That's a lot amazing. and they yes. want to like, expose their kids. And so yes. I'm, I'm looking for different entry points to, to get people engaged. Um, so this is about humanity is, and then, um, I'm at Elsa Marie Collins on Instagram and you can basically see what my life is like drinking celery juice with my kids, working out, trying to get to work and, uh, you know, just trying to do it all. <laughs> so you don't drink, I'm assuming. I don't drink alcohol. Wow. At all? I don't. Like ever? Like I did in college. Let's not get it twisted. But um, In college. In college. I <laughs> but I got to an age where I realized I didn't really love the taste. Like, I'm not, again, as I said, like for me, a glass of wine See, is a this, run. This, this, is when I, this is when I go wrong. I actually <laughs> love the taste. I don't this love the taste. I realize that I, I feel like I look, I mean, I'm almost 40, but I feel like I'm did myself a favor by yeah. not yes, by stopping for the sure. alcohol. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, coffee? Oh, yes, I need something. I'm not a saint here. Okay. I, need coffee. I don't know. I don't, so <laughs> I far you are. <laughs> so far you're checking all the boxes. I need coffee. <laughs> um, children, they speak Spanish, Stanford, Columbia. Trying. Tell me something wrong. Come on. Make me feel normal here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Give me, me a no, flaw. No, it's fine, 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 fine. <laughs> Let's start with a super one. Pick a tick. What is your pick or tip this week? Okay, awesome. actually, I changed my tip. I was going to do something else, but I realized <laughs> when I said celery juice, I'm in it. Okay. I'm oh. in the celery juice in the morning. I'm drinking 16 ounces in the morning. What it's does it change my life? Do you I, blend it or is it juice? So I, ju I got a juicer. I oh. invested in the juicer. Uh -huh. 
and you just stick the celery in. I juice about 16 ounces. It really, for me personally, it does a lot of things for other people. For me, I really developed not great acid reflux after I had my kids Mm. and it totally got rid of my acid reflux, but I wanted to test it on my daughter, Valentina, who had eczema on her tummy. Shut up. Yeah. And so I said, let's just try this out. So she's been drinking five ounces every morning and the eczema is totally gone. <gasps> my daughter like, has she eczema. Had, like, benitos, like yeah, my, my yeah. daughter has it on her arm. Okay. Well, let's be real. It tastes like grass. So it's not cute and it's, and you can't mix it with anything else. Oh, okay. okay? That's, That's the thing. You. It's straight celery. You cannot put anything else in or you will mess with its healing Components. properties or whatever. Even but if you use it, even if you use it and you blend it with, with something else, you can't, you, it has to be by itself. Let me be very clear by itself. And, um, it just has helped me be really clear and super focused. And I think it's, it's really kind of jump started some other things that I wanted to, I wanted to be clear headed in the morning and whatnot, but the celery juice, I'm in it and I think it works. And I'd love to hear people's thoughts about that. Wait, what? So you just wait, hold on. <laughs> Are you Googling? No. Um, so <laughs> you just, so 16 ounces. So I, how you, many, how many pieces of celery? So I would say it probably takes, um, cause I make it now for myself. My two daughters each drink five ounces and La Nona, my mom also gets five ounces in exchange for her cleaning the juicer. Okay. So there is an even <laughs> exchange happening here. So I'm juicing like probably like between 25 and 30 ounces, which I would say is two and a half bunches of celery, oh, okay. but it's cheaper to buy the celery, invest in the juicer yeah, and do yeah. it yourself. Or you'll go somewhere and they'll charge you like $10 for eight ounces and it's insane. I should start a juice company is what I Yeah, think. for real. I know. Because you have so much time for that. I know. I know. Podcast, I mean, juice on. company. What else can I do, guys? Yeah. <laughs> That's why people tell me all the time, like, you should do this. I know. You should do that. And I always say to them, yeah, you know, you're right. I have so much free time. I don't know what to do with myself. But that's one thing I should start doing. I know, I know. But you know what? The busier, the better, but there is a limit to my effectiveness. And uh, I like to be effective. Well, since we're changing the world here. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, one thing that I started doing not a few weeks ago was, um, I don't know why I started with this idea that I wanted. No, I actually do know. Somebody, uh, I went to somebody's house and we were picking up leftover food and I learned that you can actually put um, fruit peel and all those things on, the, on your green container mm-hmm. uh, uh, from the trash. So I started everything, all the leftovers oh, that I have. Composting, huh? I, start, I, I mean, I'm not composting yet. What I am composting? doing, composting, 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 no? composting, compost, compost. compost. I started compost. compost. It's not composting. <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Do you it, went to so. start. You went to Stanford. I, I so mean, we're going to start <laughs> to you. You start a compost bucket. I okay, started a compost bucket. Bucket. Yes. Um, I actually, and so now I put it on my green container. Yeah, composting is like composting music. <laughs> composting. Compost. Whatever. Compost. las cáscaras y poniéndolas en el bote verde. Yeah, exactly. Basically. Exactly. Um, and it actually, you know, it's something that they, they're reusing. You can actually, they, they're, when you, they go into the green container, they reuse it for fertilizers and stuff. And that's a way that you can actually start at home helping whatever the world if you want to yeah um i whatever whatever i love that but you know um my husband and i were talking about it because we do have a garden and i know you have a big garden i don't know but we were talking about maybe buying those containers when you put it and it actually 
becomes compost for your backyard exactly. and then your gardeners big, you're one mission. step away from literally putting that in yeah. the ground yeah outside. yeah and then so my my gardener i talked to my gardener and he said yeah all you all you bring it and every time i come i i whatever move it around and then i'll eventually get it and put it in the back awesome. so um you I know and awesome. it doesn't smell it doesn't do mm-hmm. anything and it, mom does it Oh, she does. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, see, I didn't know, but uh, I'm changing the world one peel at a time. I love Look that. Look at you. I know. Mama solo da sus da sus gallinas. Yeah, or you know, mm-hmm. feed whatever. Too. Yeah. Mom also recycles her water at home. She does. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's all crazy. the water Those that moms. Yeah, all the water that she uses to wash her dishes. It goes through a filter and she uses that for her flower. So she has like a different system. I need system. that. She has a different system for irrigation and a different system now imagine for showering. Now lived with you. <laughs> <laughs> There's a plus and a minus. I've, wait, I've done the calculation. It comes out plus on my side. So oh, by how many? One or two? I'm just kidding. <laughs> Don't talk about the moms right now. So my tip is going to be an app that my son, I've been giving it, I, that I discovered for my son. We, I'm not a big fan of phones, but I like this one because it's a Spanish app oh. that I found that was really, really good. Mm-hmm. And I, not like you, I'm having issues with the Spanish. And I think that has to do with me yeah, because I just feel more comfortable speaking Spanish. I mean, English, sorry. Yeah, of course. Um, But I'm going to change that. Great. And this app is called Endless Spanish. Mm. It is created by a company called Originator and it's called originatorkits.com but it's called Endless Spanish. It's super cute and the, I like it because it speaks with a, I'm going to say Mexican accent. Mm-hmm. A lot of the apps that I was looking for and they do a lot of Spanish from Spain and mm. a lot of things are just not really, don't really translate to what I know. Right. But this one is great. I really, really like it. Uh, and it made me want to do a maybe a recap of the apps that I'm currently loving for for Eduardo. Uh, but this one is awesome. Endless Spanish. Oh, right. I love yeah. it. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, it's great. I mean, do you really need it? I don't, yeah, I don't think it, you need I'll an app. I'll still check it out. <laughs> I don't think you can send it be like, puede. <laughs> my son is like, mommy, put caliente again. Oh my gosh. I know. I it's so it. embarrassing. <laughs> But you know what? I'm being honest. I'm yeah, honest. It's, I'm it honest. is. It I'm is. I'm just owning it. Own it. But it goes. But also, caliente. if you want to change it, you can. I know. I can. I can. But and it it's really on is. you. It and is I'm on being, me. I'm being really I, I 100% honest agree. with anybody who thinks about Spanish. And if you think like the occasional times you answer them in Spanish or the one time like your mom or la abuela comes and speaks in Spanish, it's it takes yeah. so much more of a commitment. Yeah. And you can do it, but it's it's really on you. Yeah. So I'm it's just true. being real about that. It's one. true. That's true. I That's think true. one of the I, our, we had a, 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 an interview with a doctor, and he was telling us, you know, you can't expect the teachers or someone else to take to take uh, responsibility <laughs> of your children. At the end of the day, this is on you. Like sure. you are the parent. <laughs> this is when you parent. Yeah. Sorry and that I I'm just, laughing. And I just heard it. I heard it back when I was listening to it and it just kind of dawned on me at the end of the day, he is a reflection of who I am. Yeah, sure. And if I, if this is a priority to me, mm-hmm. I need to make it a priority in my life. Sure. Yeah. So I'm starting with this app. Great. I'm laughing. Let me tell you why I'm laughing. Sorry. Side note. But Krista, you know, she goes to a bilingual school immersion and then sometimes she has a really 
funny accent. And I was like, how does that happen? And I realized because her, her teacher is from Nicaragua. Oh she literally has a Nicaragua accent <laughs> sometimes when she speaks. Oh and the other day I was like, that's not how you pronounce it. So I was like, I need to be, you know, I mean, she she's talking to the teacher in Spanish all day long. Sure. She's like, no vemos después. I don't know how she says it. I'm like, no. No. Not there's anything wrong with a Nicaraguan no, accent. No, I'm just saying, you know, it's funny because I'm Mexican and my it's accent is super it's Mexican. A it's a super different. So different, when we're having conversations, I'm like, si sí, pues, chale, no? And then she's like, pero vamos a rato. I don't know. I don't even know how to do it with like her. <laughs> yeah, it's so, it's, it's, cute it's super cute, cute, but it's, you know, it is. It's whoever spends the most time with them. Yeah. Uh, well, anyway. Thank you so much for being here. It's super yeah. fun. We can't wait to have you back. I would love to come back anytime. <laughs> thank you. Thanks. Hey sisters, thank you so much for listening. Hope all of you guys are subscribed to our newsletter. If you're not, make sure you hit that subscribe button on superromas.com. We will be sending out invites to upcoming events, promos, and super cool surprises your way. And of course, you can always keep up with us through the gram at underscore supermamas and on Twitter also at underscore supermamas and in the face at supermamas podcast. Oh, one more thing. We want to hear your Supermama moment of the week to share with all of you sisters. Call into our hotline, 424-329-3707 and leave us a message or simply email us a voice note to hello at supermamas.com. Very soon, we could be featuring you on the show. Please remember to leave your name and Instagram handle for a chance to be featured. Much love and see you next week. Super Mamas!